You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Mike here, just reading the Bible like it makes a difference. This is really written by a God who wants to make a difference in your life, if you let him. And one way to do that is really just by reading this Bible, hearing what he has to say for us. It's this conversation. So we're going to read it conversationally as possible. We're here in the book of Job, which I'll admit is not a very conversational book. It is a book of poetry, like we mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, as we were diving into this book. Uh, It's a a book of poetry, so the words are a little bit more flowery, a little more descriptive than than is conversational. It's also a book of wisdom, so the point is to really glean what sort of points we can get from it, what sort of wisdom and advice we can get from it for our own lives. It's also... A narrative, and we can only assume that it is a true story, and uh, so not wanting to forget that it's it's a difficult book to navigate. It's a difficult book to read, um, not just because the subject matter is kind of difficult. Job's going through hard times, and it seems to last a while. And there's a lot of dialogue around that, but it's just uh, difficult to kind of navigate these chapters here and figure out, okay, what am I supposed to get from this? Because uh, we, like Job, may be getting very tired of hearing from this peanut gallery, right? Job's three friends have all heard his complaints, and they've all responded in generally the same way, but with different angles, right? So Eliphaz's main objection was in chapter four, asking when well, when has there ever been an actually innocent person who suffered like this? Basically accusing Job. It's like, you obviously aren't as innocent as you think. Then you have Bildad, who extends that line of thinking to Job's kids. Well, maybe you are responsible for your family's sins as well. And then you have Zophar, who appeals to God's ultimate holiness and power, which cannot stand in the presence of sin, which is not wrong. But is that the reason why Job is experiencing these things? Job is sticking to his guns and he's saying that he's innocent, but he hasn't gone so far yet as to accuse God of being wrong or doing him dirty, you know. He's frustrated with God, sure, and he wishes he could have an audience with him, but he hasn't cursed God or accused him yet, which is what Satan is trying to bait him to do. So we enter round two here, where we're going to begin to hear a second wave of rebuttal from Job's friends. We're going to pick it up right here in chapter 13, where Job is responding to his previous friends' accusations, and we'll go from there in Job chapters 13 through 15. My eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty. I desire to reason with God. But you are forgers of lies. You're all physicians of no value. Oh, that you would be completely silent. Then you'd be wise. 
Hear now my reasoning. Listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak unrighteously for God and talk deceitfully for him? Will you show partiality to him? Will you contend for God? Is it good that he should search you out? Or as one deceives a man, will you deceive him? (laughs) He'll surely reprove you if you secretly show partiality. Shall not his majesty make you afraid and his dread fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Be silent. Leave me alone that I may speak. Let come on me what will. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Behold, he'll kill me. I have no hope. (sighs) Nevertheless, I will maintain my ways before him. This also will be my salvation, that a godless man will not come before him. Listen carefully to my speech. Let my declaration be in your ears. See now, I have set my cause in order. I know I am righteous. Who is he who will contend with me? For then I would hold my peace and give up the spirit. Only don't do two things to me. Then I will not hide myself from your face. Withdraw your hand far from me, and don't let your terror make me afraid. Then call and I'll answer, or let me speak and you answer me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my disobedience and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Will you harass a driven leaf? Will you pursue the dry stubble? For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. You also put my feet in the stocks and mark all my paths. You set a bound to the soles of my feet. Though I'm decaying like a rotten thing, like a garment that's moth-eaten. Man who is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He grows up like a flower and is cut down. He also flees like a shadow and doesn't continue. Do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, and you've appointed his bounds that he can't pass. Look away from him, that he may rest until he accomplishes as a hireling his day. For there is hope for a tree if it's cut down, that it will sprout again, that the tender branch of it will not cease. Though its root grows old in the earth and its stock dies in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and sprout bows like a plant. But man dies and is laid low. Yeah, man gives up the spirit. Where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the river wastes and dries up, so man lies down and doesn't rise. Until the heavens are no more, they will not awake nor be roused of their sleep. Uh, That you would hide me in Sheol, that you would keep me secret until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? I would wait all the days of my warfare until my release should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would have a desire for the work of your hands. But now you count my steps. Don't you watch over my sin? My disobedience is sealed up in a bag. You fasten up my iniquity. But the mountain falling comes to nothing. The rock is removed out of its place. The water wear the stones. The torrents of it wash away the dust of the earth. So you destroy the hope of man. You forever prevail against him and he departs. 
You change his face and send him away. His sons come to honor and he doesn't know it. They're brought low, but he doesn't perceive it of them. But his flesh on him has pain and his soul within him mourns. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, Should a wise man answer with vain knowledge and fill himself with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk or with speeches with which he can do no good? Yes, you do away with fear and hinder devotion before God. For your iniquity teaches your mouth, and you choose the language of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, and not I. Yes, your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man who was born, or were you brought out before the hills? Have you heard the secret counsel of God? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we don't know? What do you understand which is not in us? With us are both the gray-headed and the very aged men, much older than your father. Are the consolations of God too small for you, even the word that's gentle toward you? Why does your heart carry you away? Why do your eyes flash that you turn your spirit against God and let such words go out of your mouth? What is man that he should be clean? What is he who is born of a woman that he should be righteous? Behold, he puts no trust in his holy ones. Yes, the heavens are not clean in his sight, how much less one who is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks iniquity like water. I'll show you, listen to me, that which I have seen, I'll declare, which wise men have been told by their fathers and have not hidden it, to whom alone the land was given and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man writhes in pain all his days, even the number of years that are laid up for the oppressor. A sound of terrors is in his ears. In prosperity, the destroyer will come on him. He doesn't believe that he will return out of darkness. He's waited for by the sword. He wanders abroad for bread, saying, where is it? He knows that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Distress and anguish make him afraid. They prevail against him as a king ready to the battle, because he's stretched out his hand against God and behaves himself proudly against the Almighty. He runs at him with a stiff neck, with the thick shields of his bucklers, because he has covered his faith with his fatness and gathered fat on his thighs. He has lived in desolate cities, in houses which no one inhabited, which were ready to become heaps. He will not be rich, neither will his substance continue, neither will their possessions be extended on the earth. He will not depart out of darkness. The flames will dry up his branches, he'll go away by the breath of God's mouth." Let him not trust in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness will be his reward. It will be accomplished before his time. His branch will not be green. He'll shake off his unripe grape as the vine and will cast off his flower as the olive tree. For the company of the godless will be barren, and fire will consume the tents of bribery. They conceive mischief and produce iniquity. Their heart prepares deceit. The book of Job, being a book of wisdom, should inspire us to look inwardly. And Job examined his own heart when he was dealing with these things. He invited God to examine his heart and let him know if he was doing anything wrong, even though he didn't think he was. And he entertained the challenge of his friends to test him and test his heart. So do you allow your friends to challenge your way of thinking? Not that they're always right, and not that we just invite anybody to offer their opinions, but trusted friends. Is there room for them to speak into your situation? Do you open your heart to God to test you? 
allow your heart to be examined, and sin won't have room to grow. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.